On today's episode of More Important Issues, we talk Tennessee basketball, we recap the Missouri game Tuesday night, we look forward at the Florida game happening this Saturday. Guys, good news, the offensive coordinator search is over. Big Jim Chaney is coming home. We talk about all of that. We have the national championship recap as we thankfully saw Alabama get beat. We have our Vols in the NFL, and we look at the NFL playoffs this week. Our segments today include Stupidities and Epidemic and our Jumbotron. More Important Issues is brought to you by MyBookie. The NFL playoffs are here, and it is time to get in on the action with MyBookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the games. Uh, Not this year when the 53rd Super Bowl is around the corner. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to check out, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now, and my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season. You use the promo code ISSUE when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code ISSUE, I-S-S-U-E, at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, January 9th. I'm Caleb Mitchell. Joining me, Landon Raby. We're coming off of a good Vol basketball. It's been a good week for the Vols, especially if you're a diehard Vols fan and you're not about this conference prod bullshit. It's been a great week. Um, from Saturday, beating Georgia by 46, to Monday night, um, you had Nick Saban get We'll get into that more, but absolutely just outcoached, outplayed. Alabama got dominated. Then to Tuesday night when you had the Vols gone on the road to former coach Conzo Martin and got a little nerve-wracking there for a minute. But in the end, Tennessee's going to Tennessee. And they WG, they, they GW, or they whooped that, they WTFA. They just whooped that, yeah, you get it. Yeah. That's right. The WTFA. Um, and not no thanks to Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. They both didn't play very well. Admiral Schofield finally put it together. But the first half, I think three points combined. Um, we were up by, I don't remember what it was at halftime. It was 11? 11. 11? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you had other guys producing. You had Kyle Alexander producing. You had... Jordan Bone getting back, you know, doing Jordan Bone things. Jordan Bowden having another 20-point game. This team can play. Lamonte Turner hitting three threes. So, good to have this, him back. this team's getting scarier. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew, you know, Georgia showed that you had, you had people that could spread the ball throughout the floor. Um, Missouri just kind of confirmed that fact. And that, uh, that run that Vols went on that, like, 20-point swing, look who was in the game at that point. It was Lamonte Turner, Jordan Bone. Um, who else was in there? John Volgerson. John Volgerson, Derek, Derek Walker. Walker. And um, and Jordan Bowden. And all around, not good lineup. No, but it, like, not, it not I shouldn't say not good. Uh, not preferable lineup. Yeah. But the good thing with those guys, they got out in transition and you know spread the floor so they were able to get open shots. Um, and easy baskets. A lot of people were um, upset with that lineup. 
a lot of people fired off on Twitter very quickly. And that was what got us the lead and started our run. Yeah. Uh, I think we went on like a 25 to 3 run in that period. Or not in that period, but yeah, we the ended run that. ended at like 25 to 3 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, I mean, I, I will, as soon as I saw that lineup come out of a timeout, I was like, what are we doing? But at the same time, I was kind of like, whatever we were doing before wasn't working. So, right. let's give it a go. Um, it, you know, Missouri was physical, which was expected from the get go. Um, they created, they, they kind of just tried to create chaos down low, and it was effective. Um, a game, though, that got pretty, nit, I guess, nitpicky quickly in terms of fouls. Yeah, um, a lot of fouls. Yeah, plenty of fouls to go around for everybody, uh, for both teams, I should say. Um, you had your usual guys getting back into foul trouble. Um, then, you know, you, you had Kyle Alexander, who's continued to come out of his shell, I think, at halftime, he already had eight rebounds. He finished the game with 17. I think mm-hmm. he had eight at halftime. And seven offensive rebounds. Yeah. And then 14. That's a crazy stat. 14 points to go along. Um, you know, he had three block. The guy flat out played. And then you look at Jordan Bone, who's who's elevated his game a lot lately. He was a guy who was able to really get out in transition and help us by changing the pace once we got the ball in our hands. Just mm-hmm. did a really good job of doing that for us. And he's all over the court. You, you see his, um, you know, stat line. It's five assists, five rebounds, seventeen points, a block, a steal. You know, just a an offensive rebound. Just crazy mm-hmm. amount of stats that he's put up. Um, and it's just that Rick Barnes is getting into these guys that we we're, we're going to play the same brand of basketball on both ends of the floor. Absolutely. The stat that probably stands out to me, let me mention the good team stats. We still shot about 53% from the floor. I felt like early in the game nothing was really falling for us. Even, you know, I feel like we'd hit layups hard off the backboard. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple times, I think uh, Cal Alexander was one of them, went up for a dunk and the ball just flew out of his hands. Yeah. Uh, I think that happened twice to us. Um, just some unfortunate stuff that wasn't really going our way, but we were still able to shoot 53% from the floor, uh, 86% from the line. Uh, one stat that stands out for me for this Tennessee team that is abnormal is only 12 assists. Uh, seems that I guess we weren't moving the ball around as much as we normally do, at least to end the shot. And uh, that's different for this Tennessee team, and that probably shows why we weren't able to uh, really get off to an early lead. And, you know, we were able to somehow – I'm impressed we scored 87 points. It felt like we never would get there. Uh, yeah. And we were able to. And Missouri is a good defensive team. I think they've held people to like 65, around it, 65 points yeah. per game. So scoring 87, shooting 50% from the field, you know, you did your job. And you did it without Grant Williams. You yeah. know, Admiral Schofield struggled in the first half but picked it up in the second half. I think he finished with 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals. So, I mean, he, he put together a good second half to – you know, really boost this team as well and, and maintain that lead. But Bowden, I mean, wow. Bowden's been a big player for us. Didn't even hit a three uh, on his way to 20 points last night. And um, But he, he's been a guy who has come off the bench. Like you said, he's pretty much – he's getting starter minutes, but he's, right. he's coming off the bench. And he talked about after that Georgia game that he likes being able to kind of sit there and watch the game. And when he goes in, he knows what to expect. It's not feeling it out as it goes. He, he gets to come into the game. He's seen it. He's ready to play. That just shows what, you know, being able to develop Eves Ponce. And we know he's not going to give us a lot, a lot on the offensive end. Uh, he doesn't want to shoot. There were several times he got the ball open 
uh, especially in the th- at the three point area, and just refuse to shoot it. Um, so we just know he's not going to give us a lot on the offensive end, but he's going to give us a ton defensively. Um, he's going to provide, you know, he's he's going to be able to guard pretty much anybody on the floor yeah. that's with him. And then once we get Bowden in the game, you know that he's both that offensive threat and defensive threat. Offensively, he's been one of our bigger threats the last two games. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you paid attention that close to the game, but um, Brent Williams only had four points, but he he impacts the game in so many ways. And I think that was a big key of Kyle Alexander being able mm-hmm. to get offensive rebounds, being able to get um, points with just one on one. You know, no no one's able to double team Kyle Alexander because we have Grant Williams on the other side. That was one point I was going to make to this game, and then when we start talking about the Florida game here in a minute, what you know, yeah, you can double team Grant, but that just allows Kyle Alexander to probably it makes it easier for him to rebound, mm-hmm. as you see with his seventeen rebounds, um, and it makes him easy, it makes it easier on him to go score. He was able to get. I mean, he's able to get points this year that he probably. I'm going to say he doesn't score this much, if not for having Grant Williams on his team. Yeah. So, what I think what he's able to do is definitely, um, you know, a product of what he did in the offseason to fix his game. We talked about that last week. He's made his uh, mid range jumper. You know, his mid range game's gotten better. Uh, he's also been more physical um, going to the hole. You talked about how you know quick he is out in transition. Then you have you know just when we have the ball on the offensive end. A lot of teams aren't looking to him to get the ball. They're right. they're looking to Grant Williams or, or Schofield now Bowden. Um, they also have to be concerned with Bone driving, um, but and Kyle's able to kind of like just sneak in there and be able to play. Um, and when he's get the when he's gotten the ball, he's been able to produce. Yeah, and I said it last night. We have six or seven guys that can score pretty much whenever they need to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Kyle Alexander too. He talked about last night. Uh, yeah, last night. Tuesday night after the game, that it's really nice. This team, it used to be feed the ball to Grant, mm-hmm. feed the ball to Schofield, get it to him, get it to him, they'll work it. Now it's feed the ball to Grant. If it ain't working, let's find someone else. Yeah. Um, this team's been this team's gonna be dangerous for that reason. Um, and then you you have you have the guys you can go to outside of Grant, outside of Schofield, and you've get, you're getting Lamonte back. Bowden's starting to play well. Um, you got Bone who can who can score almost at will. When he wants to go to the hole, he's going to the hole. Kyle Alexander who can clean it all up now and, and go back up, and he can create his own stuff too. Yeah. So this team's this team's dangerous, and and I want to see I want to see Eves come into an offensive role. It just adds more depth and makes you more dangerous. Um, and, and then you know Fulgerson, it looks like he's going to give us a few points a game, um, and he's given us quality minutes sometimes. Um, yep. You know, you have the Georgia game where he had four fouls in like six minutes or something like that. That's ridiculous. But if he can give us, you know, quality minutes when he's in, we don't necessarily need him to score. But, you know, it'd be nice to, to have him giving us stuff. Uh, Derek Walker only played a few minutes last night. But, um, you know, if we, he he's getting – obviously he didn't get as many minutes as the Georgia game just because we led by 40 the whole time. Um, but, you know, getting him into a role and hopefully getting him into more games more often, it's going to be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was ecstatic last night when I watched this game and you saw Grant Williams struggle, but you you didn't really lose a beat. We, we, we probably lose this game last year if Grant plays that way. Yeah, definitely. And, and this year you're winning, um, you're winning by 20, 26. 24. 24, sorry, 24 points. So that, that just shows the, the way this team's grown. Um, the way this team's developed, and, and then you know 
it, it probably is a is a struggle um, if you don't have a Lamonte Turner back. I'm not saying you, you know you don't win the game, but it, it helps that Lamonte Turner gave you 29 minutes on on yeah. Tuesday night, um, and Jordan Bowden Jordan Bowden, Jordan Bowden still gave you 26. Bone still played 35, which you know probably isn't ideal, but Grant Williams was in foul trouble the whole game and then just wasn't playing well. He didn't play anywhere near the minutes he normally plays. No. So those guys being able to help out a lot didn't force Grant to do anything. Didn't have didn't force him to, you know, try to shoot his way out of a slump or and it's to foul to get out of a slump. It's definitely hard to be in the game, not play well, sit for minutes and minutes and minutes because you got a foul and then come back in and try to, you know, right. pick it up. That's definitely a difficult thing, and I think that was a big key. And him when he did play, just impact, just impacting the game the way he did. I don't know if you saw the the John Fulgerson easy layup, but he sealed two guys, um, and they they were like, "That's a great play." They're going to give in the film room. They're going to give Grant Williams an assist for that um, because he made that play happen. Right. He do, he does a lot of great things for this team. Um, and like you said, even when he's not necessarily scoring or registering an actual stat, he's still doing still doing a lot of stuff. And when he's out on the floor, he's going to get double teamed. So he, yeah. he definitely helps create stuff, um, whether he means to or not. Uh, anything else on the Tuesday match against Missouri? That's it. That's it. They got whooped. They did. On the road. Um, we played another true away game. Missouri played. Missouri played well for the most part, but – they just don't have the roster to, to really um, to keep up with Tennessee. And, uh, you know, once we started, once we were able to kind of settle in, get away from fouls, and start being physical back, created a lot of trouble for them. Uh, their next game, they go, I think, on the road to South Carolina, who is kind of rolling right now. Um, they had a – South Carolina had that buzzer – wasn't really a buzzer beater. Um, last second win against Florida – on Saturday, and then last night, a 87-82 win over uh, Mississippi State. Yeah. So, and they uh, looked horrible at the beginning of the season. So, curious to kind of see how that game – yeah, I think a lot of people were already saying fire Frank Martin. Um, now he's 2-0 in SEC play against uh, Mississippi State, who after you know early conference play, you, you're saying one of the top SEC teams. Before the season started, you were saying Florida's probably going to be there in that mix. Now that you've seen them play, you're not saying that. But still a tough SEC opponent. South Carolina's 2-0. Uh, Missouri's only SEC loss is to the best team in the country. Um, definitely the best team in the conference. So, kind of kind of curious to see how that game goes. Um, that yeah. too. And the SEC is just a big question mark right now, especially with the way South Carolina's playing. If you look at their schedule, they lost to Stony Brook early in the season, Wofford by 20, Wyoming, Michigan, Virginia, uh, that's understandable, and Clemson. Yeah. And then to come in, you know, beat Florida at Florida and then beat a 14-ranked Mississippi State team, you know, everybody's just like, what is going on in the SEC? Yeah, exactly. Um, SEC, we talked about it. It's a good basketball conference. Is it pretty top-heavy for the better teams? Absolutely. But if you look at it, you know, that that 4 through 14 team, you know, it's kind of anyone's ballgame. Right. And – um, South Carolina's kind of proved that so far, playing both those teams close. And I, I think Florida can end up good in SEC play um, at the end of the year. Mississippi State, obviously, I, we talked about having them kind of in the mix to win it. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if they kind of fall right and are able to beat Kentucky or Tennessee, uh, kind of, you know, then, then it's kind of theirs to lose at that point. Um, right. But 
yeah, so hats off to South Carolina and what they've been able to do. Hopefully we can whoop them, though, when, when that time comes. Uh, but until then, Saturday you travel to Florida. Um, so start off, you know, you started off at home. Now you got two away games before you come back home to Arkansas. But Florida, um, they're eight and five. Uh, they like we said, their their conference loss right now is to South Carolina. Close close game. South Carolina. I don't really. Did you did you see that play? I did not. It's really weird. I don't know how the guy gets open. Um, it's a football pass from uh, free throw line to free throw line, and a guy lays it up. It's very strange. Dang. Very very interesting. They also have losses to number seventeen Florida State. Oklahoma, Butler, number 10, Michigan State, um, and then obviously, like I just said, South Carolina. Uh, no real notable win. No real notable wins on the year. Uh, I don't think this is a team that you uh, – you know, I think people expected them to be good this year. I don't think anyone expected them to win the SEC. Right. Um, but people expected them probably probably to be better than 8-5 and five when we came to town. Um, not saying this won't be a good game. I think it will. I think – Tuesday night was a good a good game. Um, I feel like that twenty six points is a little deceiving to what it is. We were able to just go score at the end, especially. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I watched the whole thing and I thought it was a good game. And I feel like they kind of quit. Yeah. At the end as well. I, I definitely I definitely feel like the score was a little bit deceiving of what it is. Um, but you know, Florida Florida's a quality team that I definitely I think. Saturday will be another tough, tough test. You go on the road to them. That definitely makes it difficult in this conference. Right. Um, Florida's leading scorer is, is Kavon Allen. He averages just 10 points a game, though. Um, you know, this team, Florida's not very impressive overall. No, that, definitely that, not offensively. I think defense is, defensively is, is where they're wanting to give us trouble. They average, um, they only give up 60 points per game. Um, 8.5 steals per game. And, uh, you know, we don't turn the ball over a lot, so hopefully we're able to keep those steals at a minimum. Um, and w- with Bowen, I feel like that helps us out a ton. They're also averaging 35, uh, 30, almost 36 rebounds a game. You know, that that kind of makes you, you know, that kind of makes you think it's going to be a real physical game on the boards. Yeah. What, what team what team's going to control those boards? Um, and, you know, that, that could. And they're that, definitely going to watch the film of Tuesday and, you know, work. Try to do that same game plan to take Grant Williams out of the game. Yeah, and and that's I think that's something to look for. You know, look for are they able to take if they're able to take Grant Williams out of the game? How do they handle Kyle Alexander? Because I don't think you can take um, Grant Williams out and and just completely see Kyle Kyle Alexander go away. Um, but you definitely can't just have one guy try to control Grant Williams because then he's going to own the boards. He's going to yeah. uh, both offensively and def- defensively. And he's going to score points right. um, if that's the case. And just it just makes it so hard to game plan against this team. It's a, it's a mismatched nightmare. It yeah. is. Um, and then you can kind of you know we we talk about the depth and you kind of roll into that depth and um, you know if you know hopefully Derek Walker can play well. John Fulgerson at least creates chaos maybe for us a little bit, but also for them. So uh, it, it is a, just a matchup nightmare for them. We're definitely going to be deeper than them. We're gonna. Uh, we're going to match up better across the board. Um, you know, I I don't see it. I don't see Florida being a, a huge problem for us. I, I expect another, you know, double digit victory here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like I feel crazy for thinking that every game and I don't know where it's going to stop. Um, I really don't. Uh, and also tonight we'll see Florida and Arkansas play. Um, Arkansas is our opponent next Tuesday in Knoxville. 
So we'll get a little, you know, early look there, kind of of our next two opponents. Um, so that'll be good. Uh, you'll know the score by tomorrow. I don't know if you'll watch that game or not. It's actually about to come on here in an hour or so from when we're recording. Um, but yeah, they, I, I don't see them giving us trouble. But I feel a little nervous calling them a double-digit, you know, underdog. I don't know. I wonder what the uh, line's at. Let's check that out. They have them at almost forty percent. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. I don't see any. I don't see the. I have to look that up. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. Uh, and then we'll we'll talk more on Sunday. We'll recap this Florida game. Um, we'll talk about the Arkansas game. Um, Arkansas game coming up. I'll be going to that game. Are you going? I don't know. I don't have tickets yet. But you you don't you don't have tickets yet. But you can get tickets. Where can I can get tickets. You can get tickets. Um, speaking of that, I'd like to tell you um, about our new friend from TixBlitz, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers, the sneak and extra fees and unexplained service charges at TickBlitz, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. Go to TixBlitz.com and enter promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z dot com. Promo code armchair. Ticks blitz. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. I'll be checking out Ticks Blitz. Yeah. This season. Absolutely. Especially for the, I mentioned last episode, didn't I get mean, my, 5%. Didn't get my season tickets last year. Or this year for the $99 package. So I'll just have to buy them each game. So I'll definitely be be checking out TixBlix. Yep. You guys head on over there. Make sure you use the promo code. What was that promo code again? Armchair. Use that promo code. Help us out. I scratch your back. You scratch mine. Pretty simple. Let's do it. Definitely check that out. Guys, I said a minute ago, more great news. Tennessee hired an OC. Oh. And I think, you know, Jeremy Pruitt's a smart <coughs> man. He waited till he thought maybe Vol Basketball was going to lose to help ease the pain of that. You know, we were down seven points. And that new, you know, that news broke. Smart man. But then he forgot who we have. Does Jeremy Pruitt ever stop recruiting? No, definitely not. I think it's fair to ask. The de- definitely not. Um, pretty. I mean, I, I'm. Me and you were obviously excited when we texted back when we text back and forth about it. Um, and I've seen some people call it a home run hire. I think we have to kind of pump the brakes on the home run hire. Did he make a really good hire for when it happened? Yes, he did. Um, cause everybody was like, he's never, he's not going to get anyone good. Uh, I'm trying to think of ever what everyone said about it off of, you know, s- since it's been so late, what was it? 56 days without an OC? Yeah. Something like that. Um, it, it was 45, 45 days without an OC. Um, a lot of people thought we missed the period, you know, early on before early signing day. Uh, I thought we missed the period after bowl season ended and or NFL season ended. I, I was just kind of baffled that it went through that kind of sounds like maybe it was just contract issues and getting over a few more hurdles. Sounds like Cheney had been in talks since their season ended. And that makes me kind of think like, did Pruitt know it was him the whole time and avoided Georgia to get a great hire? I don't know about that. I don't know if he knew it was him the whole time. I think since January 2nd though, probably. So that's a six day period where he probably knew who he was going to get in terms of, I would say, I mean, I would say early on though, he definitely had, he was talking to Jim Chaney like, I would say Jim Chaney knew how he felt 
yeah. before he offered the job to him two or three days ago, or maybe January 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's been known longer than, by those two at least, longer than um, yesterday. Uh, don't think it just happened, you know, overnight like that. Yeah. But, you know, this is a good hire. We talked about that 2000, you know, that Dooley offense. And I, I told this guy on Twitter it's going to be um, – I won't even make it one of my stupidities in Epidemic, even though it was a stupid comment or should I. I don't know. But he just said um, – Where's it at? This is, my, I mean, the, pretty much what he said was that it was an absolute dumpster fire of a hire. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing is Tennessee's offense was good in 2012 when they had talent. Yeah. Um, under Jim Cheney. And they were not bad in 2011, 10, 9. 9, they got better towards the end of the year once they were kind of, I mean, this is a new new OC, new head coach, had to figure things out. Yeah. Um, and then he, he said that they disappeared in big games at Georgia. I needed examples of that, and he couldn't provide them. He said Bama. They scored 28 points this year against Bama. Jalen Hurst just came in and flat out beat them. That's it. Yeah. And then they even had a chance to win it and called that horrible fake punt. Um, you know, Texas LSU, I'll give him that. But also, I mean, you know. LSU is one of the top defenses in the country. And, and your defense didn't play well in the LSU game. Yeah. The Texas game, I think everyone in the country agrees. It just looked like that Georgia team didn't want to be there. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, Jim, I mean, especially I think, after the Bevo thing, yeah. And then you know the yeah, they definitely got ran out of there. So <laughs> I don't, you know, there's nothing in Jim Cheney's career that just tells me this is a terrible hire. Um, I'm not sitting here trying to pump him up to you. We talked about we didn't think it was possible to get him. We just not possible. We didn't think it was likely. Yeah. Um, just because Georgia has been successful the past few years, they went to the national championship last year. I'll tell you what, I'm done underestimating Jeremy Pruitt's ability to get people in the in the program. Yeah, but I would like to see him win. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I, I think this is a step to winning. And then, you know, I've said it to several people, I, and this is one of the reasons I'm hesitant to call it a home run hire. It won't matter until you get an offensive line in there. Yeah. And I point – and I, again, point back to 2012 when you had a really good offensive line, you won, you won ball games. Bec- the, only game, the only time you won those games, because of your offense. Yeah. Because that defense was – Less than mediocre. Horrendous. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible to watch. Worse than watching freaking Mike Abernathy get thrown over top and covered two and three. I won't say it's a home run or a grand slam hire, but I think it's as good as anybody you were gonna get. You and you got someone someone who, you know, we I feel like we threw out a lot of names and other people did too, that wouldn't have fit what Jeremy Pruitt wanted to run. Or what we've heard he wanted to run. And that's why I don't think the Sark would have would have worked here. We talked about that. We were kind of confused about all these names. Yurkic, um, I'm trying to think of some other people off the top of my head. The names that we're throwing out that we're like, Browse. you know, Browse, all these people that are like, you know, we like them, but we also don't, you know, they don't fit Jeremy Pruitt's offense. One of the reasons maybe we don't, we don't, you know, see getting them. Um, and you get someone who's proven, who has, you know, been to championships. He won an SEC two years ago and he runs your offense. And he he's a you know seasoned play caller. He's been a good play caller several places. Uh, I I just it's a good hire. The flat out, I'm not gonna pump, I'm not gonna try to pump him up for you. You guys, if you're it seems that Vol fans are excited, so it's not that I can really probably get you more excited. And I'm not gonna try to. I'm just telling you like it is. It's a good hire. It's a good fit. It's someone who's at his previous stops here has done a good job. Yeah. And. I think he can do a really good job if you get talent in here. Jimmy, it's not about the X's and O's; it's about the Jimmys and Joes. 
If you don't have people who can do it, who can do it, it ain't going to get done. Period. And I think the best thing about this hire is he's a Tennessee guy. Yeah, he. I he mean, loves Tennessee. He loved his time in Knoxville. Has said that he would love to come back and move here if he retired. I hadn't heard that. I, I had heard a lot of people say that he enjoyed his time in Knoxville, and that's obviously a really positive thing. And that you know, hopefully that means he's not. And I think he's at that point age wise. And he hasn't tried to be a head coach anywhere like in a younger career that didn't work out. So it could give you some stability at exactly. offensive coordinator. And that, that's what I, that's another thing I like is it's not like you're trying to you're getting a guy in here who's on the come up that in two or three years is going to be getting head coach offers. Could he get a head coach offer? Absolutely. Would he take it? I just don't see it happening. I mean, where has he been a head coach before? Yeah. So I just Tennessee. I just don't see it. exactly. Want to know? Want to know, baby? I don't. I just don't see it happening. Um. So that that's a positive. I, we, I really like how he's um, coached multiple positions on the offense. Yeah, and I, a lot of people seem to be confused. Surely he's coaching quarterbacks, right? Yes, I think so. Okay. And then the T. Martin name's been thrown around. I mean, I guess is it possible could he come in and be a quarterbacks coach? I don't know. Um, because there's really nowhere else. On, there's nowhere else open on the offense, right? Um, did somebody leave? I thought somebody. The left. only person that left was he was an offensive analyst, oh, Shelton yeah. Hardesty. Oh, was Shelton an offensive? I thought he was. Or was he? He, he might have been. So but I, don't I think an, analysts is, but yeah, Hardesty left. But yeah, analysts are the only things that that have uh, that have left, and and. But yeah, I mean, I, I he's probably working with QBs. I would imagine um, he's had some success there. Uh, I mean, look at I mean Georgia, and they had five star guys. But again, when you've coached five star guys, you can go and recruit five star guys, saying, yep. "Look what we," you know. It, it it's just I mean I think there's a lot of a lot of positive there. And he he coached O line when he was here. Yeah, and I think he coached quarterbacks when he was here. I thought. I thought he coached. Or he coached O line at other places. He coached O line. Yeah, he has coached O line before. Yeah, yeah. And I think at Purdue, maybe? Maybe. Uh yes. Okay. Long time ago at Purdue. Um but I mean I think if you if you look at, you know, Georgia said they all wanted him out. I think that's just we talked about it. Usually the offense coordinators are the, the first person you blame when things go south. Um and I think I, I talked about this, I think with you. I've talked about it with my brother, I know. Um I like Jake Fromm. I think he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, his biggest flaw is he forces the ball a lot. Yeah. Um, so if I, I would put a lot of money. I watched a little, quite a bit of Georgia this year. I'm not gonna say a lot. I can't confidently say a lot. I watched quite a bit of Georgia. I would say a lot of the turnovers that left points out there are Jake Fromm forcing the ball. Oh yeah. So and, and that even happened in the Alabama game. They were down. He felt like he had to force the ball. Threw a ball deep. Missed on a guy. And you know I think he was in double coverage and. and Alabama was able to make an easy interception. So I'm not I'm not trying to throw Jake Fromm under the bus at all. Um, in fact, it's Jim Chaney's job to coach him up there yeah. as a quarterback's coach. But I do think that was a cause of it. And when you've got a strong arm like that, look at you know someone like Brett Favre who did force a lot but was able to make those throws because of his strong arm, you do that. Yeah. You think you can make them and you, you go try to make them. So. And you, you look at his striker with quarterbacks, you have, like you said, Jake Fromm, you have Jacob Eason. Um, I think Brandon Allen was a guy at Arkansas. Drew Brees at Purdue. Um, so I mean, those those are the type of guys that you're like, okay, you know, yeah, he can he can coach quarterbacks. And he he did coach offensive line in the NFL when he was with the St. Louis Rams. So, mm-hmm. um, and coach tight end. So you know, he's able to 
you know, coach up the whole entire offense, not just one part. And yeah. So that that's why I think this is a great hire. I think he's, you know, I, I just like that he's been at Tennessee. He's been in the SEC, veteran play caller, can give us that stability at offensive coordinator, which I, I think we need in this staff. You need some stability, especially at the coordinators when, you know, I, I feel like with Alabama, that's kind of hurting them. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw that, you know, when everything kind of fell apart against uh, Clemson. Yeah, and it, I'm not going to like – their situation isn't necessarily bad. Those coaches that are leaving Alabama are leaving them for better opportunities. I right. think people are mixing that up in terms of how stability is there. Like, stability there has nothing to do with Nick Saban being an asshole. Those guys that go to Alabama know that they're, you know, they're going to be there probably for a short time and then leave for better jobs. Right. Pretty much, I'm trying to think of anyone that's left Alabama for a worse job or got fired. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. So, I, just, I just think it's – Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's hard. Yeah. You're to, working – To have guys coach your defense, coach your offense, and then, you know, right before the biggest game of the year, then they're getting jobs. You know, their mind isn't all the way yeah. into – And then you, know, you have position coaches. Like, guys are getting coached differently at each position each year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, Nick Saban's been able to create a pretty good, great environment right. in terms of, um, you know, it's pretty much a status quo each year. But still, there is a little bit different. And even if they coach, you know, they have the same ideas as a coach, they may not implement those ideas the same. And then, you know, and I heard someone mention it. It's it's nice to see that, you know, Nick Saban's way isn't the only way. Dabo's doing it a lot different. Those guys are there for a long time. He's creating continuity, um, and it works. And that's, mm-hmm. not, and that's not saying Nick Saban's way doesn't work. The guys won five national championships. It works both ways, and it's nice to see someone doing it the other way too. Yeah. So, and, and just be a, a guy that people like. Yeah. So, rolling into that game, um, <coughs> I mean, I was very pumped on the initial uh, the initial pick six that got the game going. Um, my first thought immediately was, thank God, Bama's not going to win again. It just, I don't know, that first pick six was <coughs> a terrible pass by Tua. Um, it may have been miscommunication, but at the same time, I don't see how that pass would have ever been good. I think when it turned for me is when – so, Bama went right back down and scored. Oh, yeah. And then I thought, well, never mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But then Clemson, you know, bounced right back and drove the field. And you're just mm-hmm. like, okay. And then I think there go. were 28 points scored in the first quarter. And I was like, holy crap, this is going to be an absolute shootout. No yeah. defense no defense came to play today. Mm-hmm. And Brett Venable said, oh, wait a minute. Um, and the things he was able to dial up were phenom- phenomenally coached game by Brett Venables. Yeah. Um, also – I mean, I think Tua is a great quarterback. I really do. But I think this game kind of showed that he wasn't just the outright winner of the Heisman. You know, like people were like, you know, he got robbed. Yeah. People thought he got robbed. I don't think that – I don't. I think that this game showed this that wasn't the case. Um, right. You know, he's not this phenomenal walk out on the field, dominate you quarterback. Um is he great? Absolutely. Is he, you know, is he going to be fine the rest of his career? Yeah, he'll improve and probably have a good career in the NFL. Yeah. But I think this game showed that he's not just the outright winner. Yeah. He 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 wasn't completely robbed. He's like, definitely human. Yeah. He wasn't robbed like everyone said he was. He had some terrible throws yeah. that really set him, you know, really set uh Alabama back. Um and I I think Alabama, I don't know for what reason they just wanted him to be the hero and throw the ball when they were Pretty much dominating the line of scrimmage early. Yeah, I, I, I was. That was my next point. Was Nick Saban definitely 
didn't help him this game. Um, some some really ill you know ill advised stuff. Most notably that the fake field goal. Um, and you know, I think when your holder turns around to you to get confirmation of a fake field goal, you probably shouldn't run it. Yeah. Um, first off, if the holder's unsure, it ain't gonna happen. You gotta be pretty confident to do that kind of stuff. Right. And when you send your kicker to lead block, trouble. <laughs> Surely that was not the play, right? I I don't know what they were trying to do. I mean, it looked it didn't look like a bust or anything. I mean that that's just a horrible play yeah, call to me. It is. I mean, that's like fourth and one. And even then, I'm questioning because the the lineman blocking didn't really even act like they knew what was going on because they kind of let the guy off the block. Yeah, I I don't know. It was very interesting. Um, and then when you see him in punt safe. Or field goal save, I guess. Yeah. Why do you stay in a fake field goal? No clue. Yeah, it, it absolutely baffled me. Um, but, what I mean, what they were able to dial up on Clemson on offense and defense, uh, we talked about this on Sunday night that Dabo's put himself in that conversation of, like, the next great coach. I think mon- uh, Monday night kind of just shored that up. Like, he proved that he can not only coach with Nick Saban, he can also outcoach him. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, 10 games – it's obvious that probably five five games Saban wins, five games Dabo wins, and maybe they don't win them outright. But you you go back and you go Dabo definitely coached better, Saban definitely coached better. Maybe one had more breaks go the other way, whatever. But I think this game showed that Dabo can come and out coach Saban, and he you know whenever he need you know can. So yeah. and this was a game full of athletes. You had Jerry Judy on Alabama, you had Justin Ross, D Higgins on Clemson. And I, I definitely think the difference was Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence and, and Ross. Yeah. Um, Ross had the game of his life. And Trevor Lawrence and, and, and Ross are both 19 years old. Yep. So, and young guys that at least have two more years at Clemson that hopefully, you know, healthy, good three years. Justin Ross was committed to Alabama. Yep. From the state of Alabama. Yep. And apparently almost quit in high school. Almost quit football. Really? Apparently his freshman year he didn't find it fun because all of his you know friends were on JV and he was playing varsity. And he tried to quit, and his coach was like, "No, like you, you're not. You're yeah. too good at this sport to quit football." So, pretty yeah, wild. he was he was committed and decommitted because and signed with Clemson because they didn't have he he didn't think that his position coach would be there when he got there. I mean, and that just shows like the continuity helps a lot. And and again, I go back to that it it can work two different ways. But Ross liked it better of having the same guy there. Yeah. For, for all four years or three years, however long. For right now, it looks like he's going to be there for three years. His speed, his hands, um, his ability to create. I don't think, and it, I've only seen, I've only watched Justin Ross play one game, so I'm not going to sit here and say he's the best wide receiver in the NF, or in the NCAA or ever, or whatever. But on Monday night, his ability to make stuff happen at the wide receiver position, I don't think I've ever seen anybody just almost feel like they were creating stuff at wide receiver. Yeah. It felt like he was able to, you know, the ball was up in an awkward spot. He was able to go get it. Or he was able to, you know, get down the field and create, you know, plays once he got down. It was it was fun to watch. Yeah. I I, I played wide receiver, and, and I love watching, you know, young receivers show out. Like, Jerry Judy's just a sophomore. So, last year he was that Justin Ross of the national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's awesome to see those two competing. Um and then you saw guys that maybe could have been in Tennessee. Yeah. If under yeah. different circumstances. And I think, you know, someone said I saw the the best wording. I'm gonna read the tweet. 
everybody had this take, but the wording of this tweet was really good. Um, it was about, you know, Butch Jones. Also, I hate to be hung up on Butch Jones. I really do. But what analyst stays for the national championship if he already has another job? Like, he's just an analyst. It's not like he's a coach. Yeah. You wanted that ring, man. So, very weird. Sure. But someone said, Butch getting his only chance at a championship, taken from him by the kids from Knoxville he couldn't recruit to Tennessee is real nice. And I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's a very, very good wording of it. Um, absolutely. So, and it, it's absolutely true. Uh, and I, I hate that they're not Vols, but dang, it looked like it worked out for them. Yeah. And, you know, Amari Rogers definitely got more touches in the um, in the uh, Notre Dame game. Um, but T. Higgins had a touchdown catch, an impressive touchdown catch. It was placed well by Trevor Lawrence, and, and then a really nice catch by T. Higgins right. as well. Um, but, yeah, they, and uh, I felt like Clemson was throwing the ball around to a lot of people, and still somehow Ross was, you know. It, he only ended up, I think, like seven catches at the end of the game. And six. I felt Six. Yeah. I felt like he catch, caught every single ball, but I also felt at the same time they were spreading the ball around. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a really good game. <laughs> it looked like Tennessee from 2012. Yeah, just tossing that thing. Yep. So it was, a, it was a fun game to watch. It was way more enjoyable, the fact that Alabama lost. Uh, that made it sweeter. Um, I'm sorry, I'm really sick. I'm about to Let's throw up. Oh, not throw up. Just I'm so stopped up. That's Dang. The weather, I'm stopped I guess. up, too. The yeah. weather here is just terrible. <clears throat> yeah, insane. So, um I listen to the Monday podcast and I sound you can tell I sound sick. It's not fun. Um, so uh, I don't know where I was at though, but yeah, the national championship game was really fun, very enjoyable. Uh, I was in my Uber on the way to the bar and the lady, me and the lady were talking. Both had had several things in common. She said we must be related, and you know, in another life or something like that. And I was like, yeah. And then I was watching the game on my phone. Uh, I got there about the end of the first quarter, so I was watching the first quarter on my phone. And she said. Uh, she said, don't tell me the score of the game. You know, I'm, I'm cheering for one of the teams. And I said, which team? She said, Alabama. And I was like, we are not related in any sense of the word. Like, no way, <laughs> no how. So, yeah, I was like, so, sorry about that. Um, but NFL playoffs are still happening. Um, I think you have balls in the NFL for me. Yeah, balls in the NFL. Only had two balls in the NFL this week. Sorry. Um, we'll, have, we'll have more this week, though. We will. We had a couple guys on a bye. Yeah, we'll have more this week. Um, so Justin Coleman had six tackles and Trevor Daniel had five punts, forty-six point eight yard average. Both of those guys were eliminated. Justin Coleman with the Seahawks and Houston, Texas uh, had Trevor Daniel. So great seasons for both of those guys. Um, we'll see you next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of looking forward to this game. I'll just run through or this week. I'll run through all the games. Uh, on Saturday, you've got the Colts uh, at the Chiefs. And then the Cowboys at the Rams. Uh, do you want to pick the games? Yeah. Since there's so few. Um, I think I've got, you're going to take the Chiefs um, yep, I got over the Colts. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Colts don't score 10 points. That's probably true. Yeah. So, Especially in Arrowhead. Arrowhead's hard, a hard place to play. Yeah. Um, then the Cowboys and the Rams. I'm going to go the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, I think the, I mean, the easy picks, I think the Rams. The Rams have kind of been... You know, a little stagnant at the end of the year. Todd Gurley was obviously out, and that hurts. Um, but this Cowboys team, it kind of just feels like they've been able to do nothing but win lately. Their so. defense is just their, – their front <coughs> seven is dominant. Yeah, they've been able to really play lately. Um, Sunday, you got the Chargers at the Patriots and the Eagles at the Saints. I think that I think both of these games are really, really intriguing. 
um, matchups. Uh, yeah. You know, the Eagles. Uh, I, I have the Saints just – I'm going to go dominating this game. Yeah, um, I hope so. I just don't see – I will be very, very impressed with the Eagles if they're able to just hang around in that game. It's Nick Foles, man. Yeah. He just finds a way. If, if Big Nick Nick's able to do it again, I'll be very impressed. <laughs> so, um, But I'm, I'm definitely taking the Saints in that one. You I got well. the Saints as well, yeah. This next one, again, I said intriguing matchup. Is Melvin Gordon back? I haven't really heard. I haven't heard that either. Um, if Melvin Gordon's back, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers. Um, I would take the Chargers in if it was in any other venue except Gillette Stadium. That's fair. That there'll, there'll definitely be something going on there. If they kick a field goal, you know the fans will kick on or something. Something yeah. something sketchy is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it, it's a different place in Los yeah. Angeles. Uh, if if Melvin Gordon's back, I will take the Chargers. But I haven't heard, so let's just you know I'll fix it in and go Patriots just in case not. I got Patriots. So. Um, I'll take Patriots if not. Uh, I, an exciting week, um, right before championship weekend. Uh, you know, all the I think all these games will be good ones. Uh, you, you know, I expect the Saints to to beat the Eagles pretty good, um, and that's probably the only game that I've got. Just a, I think that a team will run away with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think. Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't think the Saints dominate. I think the Eagles have, you know, really kicked it on lately to be able to compete with them. Um, but I think Kansas City and Indianapolis probably will be the only game that's not close for me. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that game. That that could be a game that that's not close at all. You're right. Um, looking at our, today's segments, stupidity is an epidemic. Stupidity. Okay, I got. I got it. I got it. I, got it, got it. I want to give a shout out before we get into all these. Since we won't do most important, and by then it won't be valid. Whoever made the um, meme, I guess, of the Pornhub thing, Pornhub <laughs> spoof, genius. Yeah. Um, just go find it. I'm not going to read it for you, but it's hilarious. It's about Trevor Lawrence and Bama, and it's it's golden, golden. Uh, Stupidity's an epidemic, though. What do you got? Uh, yeah. So two tone fanatics said <clears throat> it's at two tone fanatics. Mariota is better than three fourths of the QBs in the wild card round. To be honest. And that, that featured Andrew Luck, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, um, Phillip Rivers, Nick Foles, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. And who's the other team that lost? I don't remember who else. Who lost to the Eagles? This week? Last week. Oh. I don't remember. It's a... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Either. Oh, the Bears. So, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, this this past week. I thought yeah. you meant. I'm sorry. I thought you. Oh. When you said last week, I thought you meant. Yeah, he, the week he said the wild playoffs. Card round. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, I just think that's not true. I think the only person that he's probably better with is Lamar Jackson. And a lot of people liked it. <laughs> I mean, I just don't see anybody that he's head and shoulders better than. Yeah. Other than maybe Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson's like 20 years old. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, my first stupidity is my boy Tate Martell. Um, not as big as <coughs> fan. And this is one reason why. There's no reason. He's not talking about Justin uh, Fields. He said, there's no reason I shouldn't stay. This dude hasn't put a single second into Ohio State football. I don't know why somebody would think the grass is greener on the other side, but I guess he's kind of looking at it like a fantasy way, I guess. Well, dude, he's going to be your teammate. So, whether you like his decision or not, you better at least not say publicly those kind of things. 
Um, right. A really bad look on you. And, and then you set it up where you better win the starting position. Exactly. I was about to say, like, you definitely didn't give yourself any room, any leeway to, to not Crazy. win that one. Um, i got another one. I've got another one, too. I'll let you go first. We'll just go back and forth here. Um, so, Vol, Vol Nation Recruiting at Vol Recruiting 98 said, here's what I'm hearing since yesterday. Chaining the works could be done this week. Actually, should be done. Don't know about Pittman or about T, but I say there's very, very good chance Chaney is our new OC. We'll see. Should be another wild week on Rocky Top. That's that's pretty fair. Um, but then he, he goes on and – where's it at? Dang it, did I delete it? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, and then he says, yesterday, he tweets uh, at 1047 a.m., Looking like the Cheney rumors are probably false. Not looking like he'll be the guy. Then hours later, Cheney's the guy. <laughs> so, I, you know, just stop trying to predict stuff that you have no clue about. Yeah, it's a dangerous game. Dangerous game. Old takes exposed. Old takes exposed for sure. Uh, my next one is Keith Hatfield. Um, at our Keith Hatfield. Um, I'm going to assume he's an Alcoa fan. Uh, but he... Our boy Chad Fields tweeted about the, a few guys that have been very successful um, at the college level outside of Knoxville. One of those included Lee Humphrey, yeah. um, basketball player at Maryville, who went on to win two national championships at Florida, started his senior year. Um, first off, Keith ref- refers to him the entire conversation as Lee Humphreys. His name is Lee Humphrey. I want to establish that. And I called him Lee Humphrey, um, but he never picked up on that. But essentially what he was saying was that we didn't need him because we had Chris Lofton. Well, and he said he wasn't that good. He said the only reason he was good is because Florida was good at the time. Well, he started on the team, and he set career record for threes. And then he said that that stat doesn't matter because he was there for four years. Which blew my mind. I'm like, he still had to hit the threes. <laughs> like, they still had to go in. It doesn't even matter, dude. But he said his only skill was to make open jumpers because the teams had to guard him. Um, then he said that we didn't have the minutes to go around, which if you look at that team, there's really not much depth at all. He definitely would have played. I'm not saying he would have started over Chris Lofton um, or Ramar Smith, but he would have played. Um, and I kind of proved that by saying John Fulkerson has had quality minutes all year. I have faith Bruce Pearl could have fit him in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Like, have a lot of faith. Um, but yeah, he just, he said he didn't elevate us. And I'm not saying he like definitely wins us a national championship, which he misunderstood. I'm saying, I'm not saying he definitely wins us a national championship, but he helps us a lot if we land Lee Humphrey. Right. Um, so yeah, but he just, he has some personal vendetta against him. So, but he was pretty much just saying he wasn't good. And it kind of, I'm just, I assumed he was a, he is a, uh, Alcoa fan. He also said that. He's a commodity cheese version of Marshall Henderson. Marshall Henderson would have, as much of an asshole as he was, if he was on a better team than Ole Miss, he helps that team a ton. Yeah. Ole Miss won a lot of games that had no business winning when Marshall Henderson was there. I would have loved to have Marshall yeah, Henderson. Like, yeah, if he's on my squad, I got his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking land shark, man. So, yeah, just Lee Humphreys. My my next stupidity is an epidemic is just Joe Klatt. Um, he's just the worst. He still is on the Tennessee about the Greg Schiano thing, how we threw his name. Who'd you say? Joel Klatt. Oh, okay. I've got a I've got another I've got a Shiano guy here in a minute. Okay. So. 
Yeah, he he just says he's he's quote tweeting Clay Travis because Clay Travis you know pointed out the Ohio, Ohio State fired <clears throat> Greg Schiano, um, and he he was just saying that you can think he's not a good coach, but what you and your mom did was despicable. We didn't want a guy that Ohio State fired, and we're yeah. in the wrong. And then he got mad because we used the um, we used the uh, thing from Penn State as like oh you know. We didn't use that as a re- we te- we flat out said he's a bad coach and he also has this so yeah. why would we want him right and that those are both fair so. and another reason why we didn't want him is because that was the first guy John Curry went to yeah. with all these candidates out there that's the first guy he went to yeah that's exactly. why we were upset yep so um, but we talked about the guys who got just roasted by the uh, the Shiano stuff uh, Dan Wolken tweeted. He quote tweeted whoever broke, you know, somebody not broke the news, but tweeted about the Jim Cheney. All caps, I am howling. Um, then he got replied, and someone said, Jim Cheney, he said, Jim Cheney is fine. He's fine. He's perfect if you want your offense to be uncreative and yet maddening. Pretty much just calling Cheney's offense predictable. Dude, it's, it's worked at so many stops. And not a lot of people have done a great <coughs> job of, you know, great consistent job of stopping it. One of those being Nick Saban. Um, who so has, who's paying him to, to say that? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, just he pretty much said that Georgia didn't want Cheney. He said if Georgia really wanted Cheney, they would have kept him. Buddy, we went toe-to-toe with him to pay him a lot of money. He's getting paid $1.5 million. By year uh, 2021, he'll be, get, be getting paid $1.7 million. And if they didn't want him, why why didn't they fire him? Exactly. That doesn't make any yeah, sense. He's an idiot. Stupidity. Does he know anything about anything? Because everything he tweets is just abysmal. Yep. And stupid. Yep. Whatever. For sure. Um, He'll never show his face in Knoxville, that's for sure. No. Jumbotron. Best sports moments of of 2018. Ooh. Looking back, doing our little year-end review here. What you got? I will go Philly winning their first Super Bowl. Um, like, with the backup quarterback yeah, and Nick Foles, exactly. Um, that's that's one for me. Okay, I've got the uh, my first one's Tennessee basketball um, winning a share of the SEC championship. That was a fun game to be at. Uh, kind of a little comeback to win it, and then you know just the the atmosphere of it all um, coming off of a tough football season, tough coaching search, AD search, all that. Just you know noise and the basketball team able to kind of. Remind us that not all of life sucks. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't like a great moment, but it's one that will never be forgotten in 2018. Okay. It's uh, J.R. Smith oh, not knowing how much – not knowing they he thought they were winning and did not shoot as the time expired. That was, uh, that was bad. That was bad. So. Um, My next one is Tiger Woods winning the tour championship. Uh, just a – it felt like a movie, especially if you like – tuned into it right as it was happening and the mass crowd following him. Like it looked like happy Gilmore when they're walking up to the last green and security guards are back there holding them back and everyone's just trying to swarm. It was awesome to watch. And that big dude with the yeah. nail in his head. <laughs> no, I'll see you in the parking lot. <laughs> My next one is uh Lamonte Turner's shot that ended Kentucky. Oh, forever. okay. What? Yeah. He hit the, it wasn't a buzzer beater, but it was a three-pointer from um, the top of the key with 25 seconds left that, you know, was the game winner. Yeah. 
Um, you you stole my one with the Super Bowl. I was going to go Philly. So okay. I'm going to go um, the World Series game that I'm going to have to look it up. No one really talks about baseball. If you like, no one just really goes to like sees their friends the next day and like you're like, hey, did you see that game last night? But after game three, that lasted seven hours and twenty minutes. It lasted like longer than an entire series of. I mean, it was a long time ago yeah. before TV and all that crap. Mm-hmm. But lasted longer than um, an entire series uh, of some World Series, old World Series. Uh, but ended up with L.A. winning it. And I feel like people talked about that just for a day. It was a spectacle. I mean, you don't see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were using starting pitchers to relieve at one point because there's no one else left, just trying to get through the game. Um, I mean, just absolutely. They, they do not talk about it a lot because L.A. did not win the series. Oh, yeah. It would definitely be talked about more. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, it was. it's definitely different because of that. And uh, But just the spectacle that was and – all the amount of people that were just like, you know, the stats that were being pulled up from so long ago. And it was it was mayhem. It was pretty cool. Um, the fact that you were using all, all these different players that wouldn't have normally been used in a game like that. Yeah. It made the series more interesting because you're looking at all these guys who pitched game three that shouldn't have pitched game three. Right. It was definitely interesting. Yeah. For sure. That's uh that's it for my jumbotron. So that's it for mine. If you got any memorable sports moments, good or bad, I went pretty much all good. I guess the last one wasn't great because, like you said, the Dodgers didn't win the World Series, but yeah. um, still a cool, cool. They won moment. a game though. They didn't get swept. Yeah, they didn't get swept. Uh, still a cool moment. Um, guys, Vols play on Saturday. Uh, against Florida, it's away. So find some more fun to watch the game. Um, Tuesday, they're back home. I feel if, so bad for them. <laughs> if well, we can try to win this game by 47 again, try to break yeah, the record. I mean, yeah. might as well. You're in Gainesville, so you right. might, well, try might as well do something good there. Try to win by 47, guys. Um, if you don't have your tickets for Tuesday night at Arkansas, you can check out Dick's Blitz. Promo code Armchair. Check it out, guys. If you're there, we'll see you there. And we're bringing the boat in, and we out.